0: and welcome back to You Can't Win, this is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we have returning guest White Sox Lex and he's going to be updating us on what the situation is in the baseball world and specifically, well, he messaged me uh, about this episode and saying that the hashtag Rethuglicans are trying to cancel the MLB, so we'll see what's going on there and what else has been happening in the uh, wild woolly world of baseball. So uh, yeah, how you doing Lex?
1: I'm doing great. I think first and foremost, I've got to eat some crow, some humble pie, because the last time I was on, I predicted that baseball would not have the sheer capitalist greed and you know will to force to push through a 60 game season with the expanded playoffs in the middle of a pandemic before the vaccines were out. And they proved me wrong. Um, and I guess the only really, you know, thing balancing it out um, to, in my favor there was that the World Series featured Justin Turner getting pulled mid-game because he tested positive for COVID, then running back out onto the field to celebrate when his team won. Um, congrats <laughs> yeah. to the Dodgers on 2020's World Series, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought that they would cancel at least, you know, part of the season for sure once, you know, the caseloads were so high and stuff, or once a few people got tested here and there and stuff. But uh, I there were, I guess like, it was multiple full, yeah. outbreaks.
1: I think there are outbreaks <laughs> happening even yeah. now when they're still trying to do, like, the full 162-game sure. season.
2: Yeah. So, and then they just were like, well, full steam ahead. And uh, I think... You know, next man up, you, if we have yeah. to
1: play someone who, like, has <laughs> never seen a double-A baseball before, we'll play them.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then they... I, I mean, this season, uh, it seems like... Uh, to me, the focus right now for me is more the fans or something. Like, apparently texas uh they, they're just they're just back to normal basically like they got oh they got full, oh, stadiums, and they got full and stadiums
1: and it's just like imagine sitting in the middle of that horrible new ballpark in texas that looks like just the the cuck shed that jesse kelly's you know is <laughs> bragging about or whatever and i haven't um,
0: seen this new stadium i used to love the one in arlington that place was beautiful that was an amazing stadium
1: oh it it is just hideous that new ballpark from the outside. If you look at it, it's just disgusting. And um, that's a shame. And to, to watch a Rangers team that I'm pretty sure isn't very good right now. They yeah. are in last place in the AL West at six and eight, and they have a negative eight run differential.
2: So we d- we can't have games right now in Canada. Obviously, like we're we're playing uh, elsewhere. So are uh, like. Are, are all the teams like this? Like, are, if you, can you go to like a Yankees game right now or something like that? Or are they, they, I
1: I don't know. You know, I'm white Sox, Lex. So my purview is really the white Sox. (laughs) So what I know about what we're doing with um, our team here is it's like a partial attendance thing. They've set it up so you can buy tickets in uh, seat separately seated areas. And it's, it's down to like a third of normal attendance or whatever. And, that um, they're going to work it back up as the vaccine distribution is, you know, furthered, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's it's really varying uh, club to club, which is interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, because Canada just basically said you're not allowed to come into uh thing right now. So we just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Do you have you gone like are you going to go to a game later this season, you think, or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting vaccinated on Tuesday and I think after that, it's going to be pretty safe to just go and, you know, wear a mask. It's like outside and there's like no way for me to catch it if I've got the vaccine.
2: Okay. Mm Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, hopefully, I don't know. Canada is in a not very good position right now. I mean, we're, we're, and uh, we're, we're like at like the peak of pretty much when the whole crisis right now in some respects, um, so, uh, you know, i I like the idea of going to a game maybe in September or October or something, but it doesn't, well, look you need to think right again now, about so. going
1: to a baseball game because baseball <laughs> has a big problem. They've gone woke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's get <laughs> yeah, into we'll... that
2: now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so, uh, they were supposed to have the 2021 all-star game in Atlanta in the Cobb County stadium where the. Braves moved um, out of Atlanta into the suburbs, you know, into their new white flight stadium. I think it's Truist Park. And Mm -hmm. and then Atlanta passed through these new um, voter restrictions after the Democrats took both Senate seats in a special election, coincidentally. And MLB's corporate sponsors said, we don't want to be associated with that right now. And so they said, we're going to move the game they're actually going to move it to Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the response from the Republican Party to baseball basically taking a stand against anti-democratic legislation, I guess. I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it, it's it's just been hilarious. They said um, that they've got, I think, Ted Cruz and Josh Howley saying they want to remove MLB's antitrust exemption. And all I can say is, like, <laughs> yeah, yes, do it. Do it. Sure. Do yeah. it. Like they, they don't mean they're not going to do it, but it would be so goddamn funny if they did it.
2: Yeah. yeah. So uh, and then I guess Trump got involved. A oh, bit. of
1: course. Trump is, you know, also, I'm sure, very pissed about it. But I mm-hmm. i don't know what he's saying because I don't have him on Twitter anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he put out like a press release or something that was like, I used to love baseball But now it's like, uh, you know, now it's becoming political like everything else, and we can't uh, have nice things, kind of thing, and so it's done now. And he said, for years, I've gotten that I found it's boring now and stuff or something. So, um, yeah, some some stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's funny, and then there's also like that whole vein of, well, corporations shouldn't be the ones deciding, you know, politics or something. And it's like,
1: well, then you know kill their ability to give you unlimited money
0: right yeah 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 that
1: that uh that's not like the only time that has ever happened in american history (laughs) it's just it's so wonderful to see the arguments it's like oh but mlb wants to open up relations with cuba it's like yeah cuba has higher voter participation and literacy than georgia
3: yeah
0: yeah and they like baseball i mean put politics aside they love baseball you're the baseball league Kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, who cares um, about anything besides that? You, you
1: could have the all-star game in, in Japan. You could have it anywhere in the world. There's no reason right. it has to be, like, here in particular or there in particular. And, like, mm-hmm. Georgia literally gave them a reason not to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's, like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's it's some very fun. I mean, it, it comes on the heels of um, some very other excellent culture war uh, battlefronts like Mr. Potato Head and the Dr. Seuss so,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it's all yeah. very serious right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that stuff is so stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Although the Dr. Seuss thing, I, I mean, we won't get too off track with this, but the Dr. Seuss thing kind of made sense to me in that they're not like they're not like burning piles of Dr. Seuss books or something, but they're just like, yeah, we're not going to. Re- no, that's exactly what ones. it was. But the you know, response it,
1: so, was as if they were. Yeah, exactly burning. <laughs> no, it's right. very People, reasonable. Well, view. yeah.
0: You know, no one gets the full story, right? You get the headlines, you you just see people on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I think that's is, what it was with Potato Head too. Is,
1: They're just like we're just going to offer a third packaging option. And right. the headline was there's a new gender neutral Potato Head that's canceling out your favorites. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is kind of funny that it's like it's the the toy that you kind of put together yourself. You can kind of, it, it's a potato, like it's literally just it's literally a, a potato, a round object. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you could kind of already do what
1: you wanted with it. So I I don't know I don't know it, all that stuff is so silly. Look, I mean, I don't want to see Mrs. Potato Head's uh, potato penis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, fair enough. So, do you think this is going to
2: go anywhere with this? Uh, you know, like the politicians being angry in any way? Like, do you no, think-
1: this is another yeah. empty storm. There, they, there is no way they follow through. But it, it would, it's you know, very much like imagine a world without lawyers. Imagine a world without the MLB's antitrust exemption kind of thing, mm. where mm-hmm. you can just begin to see other baseball leagues maybe propping up and and having you know different rules and. Um, Being able to be more novel and not being subject to the whims of Major League Baseball's, you know, monopoly over the sport. They have a monopoly over the sport in America. They are one of the they are the industry that is exempt from antitrust in that regard. And it's like Hmm. so the Republicans like proposing a nonsense solution to a problem that, you know, they, they don't actually have.
0: Right. But I didn't know that they had this like trust thing going on. There's no, that's I just yeah. kind of assumed that it was just like it made sense that it was the way it was. You know, I never thought no, about it. No, every
1: independent league is like subservient to them inside of America. Right. And it's, yeah, that's why you end up with these um, interesting deals and uh, rule changes and, um, you know, clubs being bought and excluded. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it is it is a very, interesting industry if you you know get so deep into the weeds
3: yeah
0: um so i heard that i don't know if this is like a real thing that might be happening but or if it's like a real discussion people are having but i heard some talk about like the dh being uh introduced to the the national league as well is this like a thing
1: i They didn't do it um, this year. I think they did it in 2020. And it's something I'd be in favor of just for, you know, the sports entertainment value because the average pitcher hitting is not very good. The exception is like Shohei Otani on the Angels. And he's kind of proof that you can still hit as a pitcher in the National or in the American League or the National League, DH, whatever, Mm -hmm. as long as you're a qualified hitter.
3: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I remember Mike Hampton back in the day was like the the, the pitcher who
1: could hit. And then, it, I'm sure if you pull up his numbers, it's like, let me, I mean, shit. No, like, pitchers just traditionally cannot hit. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it, it's um, Mike Hampton as the pitcher who could hit God on base, you know, 313 and slug 274 yeah. or whatever. No, um... No, he got on base 294 and slug 356. That was just with the Mets I was reading that one year. Shit. Okay, yeah,
0: that sounds more like Because I remember yeah. he actually
1: was like, he would pop home runs and stuff. Now, he was with the Rockies and stuff. So, like, so that yeah, that's when, what I'm saying. It's yeah. like the pitcher who can hit OPS is 650. And, like, what yeah. is acceptable for, like, the worst hitter on your team is, like, 700. Right. Mm-hmm. So, w- why are we keeping this going? You know, like... sure.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. I I kind of like it. I don't know. I kind of like that seeing just like a because they're basically just regular random people off the street in the batter's box. You know, they pitch. They look like that way.
1: They really do, and they shouldn't. I like that. And, I don't know. You know, maybe it would be different if they were practicing. You know, on both sides regularly. Who knows? Like at at some point, they were like the best player on their team, and that's why they're the pitcher or whatever. But yeah you're right sometimes they just look so lost in the batter's box and it's like that that really it's a novelty that right just doesn't i don't think it does the game justice
0: i i you know that's fair i don't have strong opinions about it but you, you know you were talking about it like for from an entertainment value perspective i i can see the argument you're making but To me, it's very entertaining to see them try to hit. (laughs) Well, I'm saying,
1: would you rather see, you know, the best National League pitcher hitting, you know, with a 650 OPS, or would you rather see Otani with his 856, who's actually going to hit like a 450-foot home run?
3: Yeah.
0: And it's like, that's
1: that's when you want to let a pitcher hit is when he's going to do that kind of insane shit.
0: Sure. Well, then he can just be his own DH, you know? Exactly. It it makes perfect sense, (laughs) I mean and that saves you a roster spot. So there is still like value in the batter,
1: like in the pitcher being
0: able to bat. Yeah, but I mean that's I, I don't really know. The, my I argument DHs,
1: to the anti-DH people is, you know, why don't pitchers just become better at hitting And that way they can do both?
0: Sure. Sure. I, I, I don't know, that's an interesting strategy someone could try to see if it's worth the time and effort to like make them decent. I, I guess they teach them how to bunt, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's the that. one
1: thing they teach a pitcher how to do in the batter. box. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. One more thought on the DH. Uh, the thing that, that I don't like about DH is is that it's just like uh, another kind of like first baseman sort of a thing, like just another like huge guy who just rips the ball. You know, it can't really do anything else. And that's just I don't know. I feel like that's not uh, it's not my favorite style of baseball player. Like I, I'm more of like into the like the kind of five tool kind of guys. You know, that can kind of do everything. Yeah. And DHs just tend to be, it doesn't have to be that way. You could have like a, I don't know, like an Ichiro or something kind of thing going on in the DH, but you, you just don't tend to see that for whatever reason.
1: Well, I guess, you yeah, know, I was maybe going to bring him up later, but I guess the antidote to the idea that, you know, those big blocky guys who aren't going to be, you know, running as much or whatever is, you know, you're me and Mercedes, who's the breakout star of 2021 and, you know, hmm. happens to be on the White Sox, but, <laughs> you know, we would be talking about him if he was on any team. He's kind of like the new Williams' studio in uh, Build. And both of these guys are, yeah, these big, bulky guys who are just a lot of fun to watch the way they run and just play with, like, a real, like, visible joy for the game. Um, it's it's crazy to see this big... Uh, I mean, there's no other way to describe him. He's, he's like a big boy.
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, that's cool yeah
1: he's like the best hitter in baseball through the first dozen games nice just like putting out galactic home runs as the commentator is calling it and do you know how many he he has Uh, so
2: far hmm? how many does he have so far home runs
1: I think he has like three or four
2: yeah yeah that's pretty good
1: yeah, like 12 games into the season. Well, the thing was, he had eight hits in his first eight at-bats, and that was like the hottest okay. start to a season since the 1900s or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And Oh, yeah, I yeah, was
0: talking to someone about this. They were telling me about that. Yeah. yeah, no, he
1: has three home runs, four doubles. He is leading baseball with a 476 batting average.
2: Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> That's
2: yeah. Cool. And so... I mean, Like there's your argument for the
1: DH really is that when you have like these big, beautiful boys like him and Dan Vogelbach and Williams, the studio, it's like, (laughs) sure. I I just want to see those guys hit all day.
0: Yeah. Uh, Where's this new
1: guy from? Is he uh, like Cuban or Dominican? He's Dominican and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's been hanging around the minors, the independent leagues, the foreign leagues for a long time. And The scouting report on him has always been that like he can just really, really hit. And the problem is, like, because he's a big boy, he can't, like, they need him to play another position. You know, can you be a catcher? Can you be something like that? And it's like, just let him hit.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Um, is he a bit older than the typical rookie?
1: Yeah, he is. He is definitely older than the typical rookie. He is 28 years old. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, That's pretty much prime. But you know what? I think, Uh, um, what was it? Was Jose Abreu... Like the same age when he won, he was 27 when he won Rookie of the Year uh, mm-hmm. as someone who came over from Cuba. Yeah. So that's still yeah. possible. You can still win. I mean, Ichiro won Rookie of the Year as an older rookie. Yeah. Similar yeah. age, I think, maybe a little older. Absolutely. And yeah. so also, um, jumping off, I forgot, but anyways, Tony Larusa is back.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy.
1: And that entire hiring is the funniest shit.
2: <laughs> what, what, what happened with it? Just, oh, just, so, just the fact that it was, yeah.
1: So the end of the 2020 White Sox season, they get eliminated in three games in a three-game playoff by Oakland. And the players just kind of you know, melt down down the stretch. And um, they, they fire Rick Renteria, who's been a pretty good manager throughout this entire rebuilding process. And, you know, all right, we're going to go on a managerial search and we're going to look at all the options available. And the GM's going to do like a real search this time to find like the best guy who's going to like lead this, you know, team past the first round of the playoffs for the first time in, you know, 16 years. And then the owner comes in and completely overrides him and brings back a 76 year old friend. And yeah. that's already really funny, right?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> then, like, a few days later, it comes out that he has been arrested in, like, a month earlier for DUI for the second time in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And no one second told, time. like, the front office or about about it. It was just an agreement between ownership and, and Tony that it, it's fine. It's no big deal. You're going to have your day in court. You're going to get, like, one day of house arrest, and then you're going to be able to manage the team. Yeah yeah that's well good.
0: probably that's how i mean <laughs> yeah it makes sense yeah that's pretty funny yeah. oh man
1: so I, and so all, i guess what oh, oh you know what it was it was it was talking about bunting that was going to be the jumping off point because this old motherfucker loves to bunt he loves to yeah, move yeah, runners I mean, over he hates the shift
0: yeah mm-hmm. he, when was the last time he was a uh, like a manager he 2011 he was, i feel Jeez, I like, the and game he was he was like considered bit, you know? <laughs> old
1: then <laughs> yeah. yeah right so since then he's been inducted into the hall of fame and he's been working in front offices and guiding them towards you know disaster more often than success i think um mm-hmm. the last organization he was with that allowed him to you know like someone from that organization was with him that allowed him to get behind the wheel when he had had too much. And it was like the angels and uh, Joe Madden, he was talking about how great it was to be working with Tony and, you know, what a, a font of wisdom he is. And so, you know, that's the guy who's vouching for Tony here is saying he's still got it. So it'll be interesting. I'd love for him to shove it up everyone's ass and put together a wedding season. It would be fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. That would be cool. Apparently he's seventy six years old,
1: right? It's kind of insane yeah. to think about someone that age just standing anywhere for three hours on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, <it's gonna laughs> fall asleep, yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Baseball games are long. I hope he's got.
1: Uh, and there's a hundred and sixty two of them, and right, like it involves like going to Boston and playing through like the snow or whatever is going on them
2: yeah 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 um so i guess white Sox are one game down from 500 same as the blue jays right now
1: yeah Um, it's it's all you know very early and unlike last season it's like a full season so anything that happens in the first few months can be invalidated by what happens down the stretch and sure um you know mid-season moves players you know breaking out or you know hitting slumps whatever it it's all very, you know, in flux. and
3: uh, mm-hmm.
1: I think well, it's going to be a uh, lot of fun. But something also that's been interesting happening, a couple of like near perfect games. Oh, really? This early on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Two no hitters where the one base runner was a hit by pitch. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, and one of them was thrown for the Padres by Joe Musgrove and the other was for the White Sox, Carlos Rodon. Hmm. nice cool yeah absolutely
2: yeah blue jays have some good hitters this year too that are i don't know we got like the yeah, whole oh, the blue
1: jays have all, the youth yeah. movement so i think maybe we talked <laughs> yeah, about yeah. it last time with I'm sure. Sure it looks like vladdy Jr. is really starting to break out and hit the ball really hard
2: yeah yeah and he's lost a lot of weight and stuff and uh um yeah and uh yeah i don't know i mean i mean we, we've got like two players that have hit four home runs a few that have hit like three and two and stuff. So it's, you know, already that they're kind of, I don't know, seems pretty good. I think good they have a, like a start.
1: very deep at, at the outfield positions. They have a lot of position player depth that they can move around and make things work, especially like when they get Springer and uh, Her- Teoscar Hernandez coming back. Yeah.
2: And uh yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it right now. There's a double header on today, actually, but yeah, so... It's uh, going to roll. Yeah.
1: And no, and they signed mm-hmm. Semyon over the offseason from the A's. And he's you know yeah. leading the team with four home runs.
2: Yeah.
1: So. Tied with Bouchette. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's fun to watch, at least. Yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on the Mariners? I, they've been doing <laughs> pretty well. Uh, oh, oh really? you know what? That is something I didn't for some uh, reason.
1: I did want to bring up is the Mariners also had a scandal over the offseason. At, oh really yeah you didn't hear about that huh um their gm had a press like an, um a private conference or whatever where he, oh yes the, I, the, yeah that thing yeah. everything <laughs> he said got leaked and right one of the things he said i think it pissed off the um the hispanic players talking about how you know he told them if they weren't going to perform he didn't want to pay for their translators
0: and it's, yeah <laughs> wow yeah.
1: yeah what a dumb <laughs> asshole thing to say
0: yeah, I, I remember that. I don't know. That that sounded like something that it sounds pretty bad out of context, but I could imagine a context where that doesn't sound like, you know, like it's not, maybe that wasn't exactly the point he was trying to make, but it was like, you guys are asking for too much money and including these translators. I don't have to pay for translators for other people. I don't know. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying that it seemed to me like a little bit overblown, maybe. I don't know. No, yeah. I mean
1: there's there's more stuff with Kevin Mather where he's having to pay settlements for like sexual harassment shit. Like he's he's in the bad here. Like, oh he's, yeah, he's fucked okay. up. Like, <laughs> well, then, <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever. Then. <laughs> like I, it I looks like he resigned as uh, president shortly after, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. So yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, that um, was but,
1: it. Was it's been an interesting off season all around. Um, and, oh, and there was another DUI also with um, Johnny Damon, where, all right, so the oh, Tony yeah. LaRusso DUI involved him telling the arresting officer that he was a Hall of Fame baseball person. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that, that's already pretty funny, right? But the thing that tops that yeah. is Johnny Damon telling the arresting officer that I'm one of you, I voted for Trump too. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah that's pretty good
2: i mean that's not a bad strategy <laughs> you're gonna try something <laughs> yeah. might as well uh i don't know i don't it, know what johnny damon's look like is
0: right now but if he looks like how he used to then that yeah you definitely want to kind of <laughs> make sure that's
1: known because kind of <laughs> had like that
0: you know i don't know bigfoot hippie kind of thing going on for a while
1: no he he looks like <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man no that's that's what but that's a great maneuver you know you got to try that one if you ever get pulled over no it's cool i'm a trump guy <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. let it slide
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know um yeah was there any other baseball stuff that you wanted to get into
1: or do you want to um hmm. trying to think there's you know it's really early in the season it's been a a pretty great off season for for all that you know nonsense and scandals um got michael Kopeck back after missing like a season with injury and then missing the following like the 2020 covid season but mm-hmm. like it, it was a mixture of both covid and the fact that he decided to divorce his like pregnant riverdale actress girlfriend oh really <laughs> yep. yeah yeah and so, but he just like came back and started striking everyone out. So no one really cares about that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's um, it's about the size of it. I'm trying to think if there's more baseball stuff. Maybe we have some baseball questions or something.
0: Um, I don't know. I can look. Um, I was wondering if you had any thought like this. You know, you were talking about stuff that kind of happened over the off season and and all that, and it reminded me of the Robinson Cano, uh, the PED scandal thing that happened with him.
1: Yeah, they should just make PEDs a part of the game. They need to incorporate it. <laughs> I, that's kind of how I
0: feel about it. Like I, I don't really get the idea that it's like cheating. It's only cheating. Because
2: it's against the rules, you know? Yeah. And people obviously <laughs> well, are doing a, it anyways. Yeah. yeah. That's a good reason to be. I don't know. Yeah.
3: No. <laughs>
0: well,
1: uh, no, <laughs> that's really what it is, though. Like, you have yeah, it, to it, use the drug sometimes if you're going to just be able to be healthy. Like, yeah. the human body can only withstand so much punishment. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's probably like a p- place for it, like with, you know, medical oversight and by you know forcing it underground you're not going to make it any healthier
2: sure
0: yeah I don't know have you seen that documentary about I forget what it's called now but they it was like a documentary about like the the guy who supplied like Alex Rodriguez and a bunch of other people with these things
1: I did not see a documentary about it Um, It I've heard about like a little bit about this I think it's called like the Balco thing um that doesn't ring a bell. Screwball. Screwball is all it's called. So they supplied like Jason Jambi, Barry Bonds, uh, Marion Jones. Um, mm-hmm. The founder, Victor Conti, says A-Rod came to him for legal supplements. Um, yeah,
0: that's that's the guy. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the documentary is called Screwball. And, well, um, it, was on, it was on Netflix when I watched it.
1: My favorite steroids uh, bust story is Melky Cabrera, who set up a uh front website to make it look like the purchase was uh legitimate.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. It was like a fake company and everything. Like he kinda Yeah,
1: no, he was he fabricated proof that he had um yeah medical permission to take whatever drugs he was on. Right. And he got a fifty game suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, biogenesis oh, also right. yeah, busting right. uh yeah bartolo and nelson cruz uh tony Bosch pled guilty yeah there, there's been a yeah. lot of this stuff and it's like they could try to incorporate it into the game more and just you know allow these guys to do what they need to do to be able to play as many games as they want
0: yeah because i think like the I don't know if people come out and say this, but it seems like the basic idea is like you want to be able to have comparable records and stuff. So like what people were doing in like the 20s and the 40s and the 60s, you want it to be comparable to what people are doing now. So if like people are doing all these like using these new steroids and all these kind of new, you know, all this new stuff that people didn't have back in the day, it's like unfair. You can't,
1: you know, that's like the asterisk on the the record books and stuff you think back to what players were doing back then with in terms of like what they were doing to their arms for mm-hmm. you know innings that some guys were pitching like 300 innings like this was a regular yeah. thing and it's like oh my arm fell off i wonder why that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and you, i mean you can't you can't freeze everything like that like you can't have like this controlled experiment sort of a um, attitude about it because like all kinds of things have changed like nutrition has changed workout regimes have changed the ball has changed the bat has changed you know like stadiums yeah. are, are all changing. of this like, stuff it, there are
1: so many different factors and it's like yeah you can only do so much to adjust for these factors and try and have you know baseline and yeah you really just have to compare guys to each other within their own era you can't try and do that because right. you know it doesn't work with any sport that's just it just doesn't work whether it's basketball football whatever it's like you're trying to compare um the 90s players to now and it's like why would you even bother there's it's it's a completely different game
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i mean you would have to do some kind of statistical analysis or whatever of like how good is this player compared to like all of the other players within the you know plus minus five years and then compare that to another player like if you're trying to do cross era comparisons like that but um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not really against that stuff like i think I, I feel pretty much the same way as you like they just they're obviously doing it just let them let them do it and stop making it like this weird thing where we have to act shocked every time, like, oh no, this guy who was just an amazing hitter, like, happened to be doing these two. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, if you're a baseball purist,
1: yeah. you hate the current commissioner who's doing everything to change the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Universal DH, we talked about, but something that's really stirred people's ire um, and it's become controversial and something they've kept for, I think, this regular season is in extra innings, they start off the 10th inning, both teams with a runner on second base instead of, like, mm-hmm. a clean inning. And yeah. the idea is to, like, end the game sooner, have more scoring. And I don't actually have a problem with it. I think it's kind of like how hockey changed their overtime rules to be, like, a shootout and um, after a three-on-three instead of having, like, overtimes they could go to triple or double or something. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, I don't really like it,
1: but yeah, no, I, it's. I'm,
0: I'm not strongly against it, but if if it was my decision, I wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying though. If you want to keep baseball like looking the same way it was, you can compare it across eras. Then, like this new rule is absolutely something that ruins it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that that is a pretty drastic difference.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I heard someone saying something like uh, they thought that it would just lead to people getting even scores each inning like it wouldn't actually end the thing and i was like well mm. uh, it, it, i feel like there's probably statistics that say that it would end a lot quicker i don't know that's you know what i mean like it's there's got to be there's got to be some sort of data to back that up that they wouldn't just do it just for fun kind of thing yeah you know? that makes so. sense
0: that- that you would assume so but (laughs) (laughs) here's the theory and
1: i'm not sure if you guys have heard this but a lot of these rule changes they're implementing them ahead of the next cba agreement because each rule change is something that they can use as a bargaining chip against the players where they're like well if you don't want this rule change then you have to negotiate away this if you don't want this rule change you have to negotiate away that
0: you think the players would uh, be against the rules the rule changes
1: um, I think some of them are against, like, the universal DH or something. I You okay. know, whatever rule change it is, like, there's a reason they're throwing these out there that they're going to have... Some of these, like, are actually probably good ideas for safety or pace of play or whatever, but some of them, yeah, might just be um, in there to be used against the players next time they have to negotiate the uh, collective bargaining contract.
0: Yeah, okay. no, that makes sense. That's just interesting to me. I hadn't really thought about, like whether it would be something that is just like generally something the players would support or not i haven't really considered what the factors are that would cause them to support it or oppose it or whatever
2: yeah i mean that's that's my only concern with the stuff about all the you know performance enhancement i mean it would have to be kind of tightly regulated if they did sort of phase it in as like an official thing just because I don't want it to be like 10 years from now. They're basically like cyborgs or something, you know, like <laughs> they're like, they're, they're you know, they're just totally engineered people basically in different ways. And then they end up being like uh, football players where they're like dying at 40 or something, you know. And, yeah, you uh, don't want to have,
0: have that a, se- <laughs> a separate league for that. Just but like mutant baseball yeah. league you know yeah
1: they already are kind of like a separate species of human where it's like they <laughs> they have that next level of talent that like no normal person could possess
0: yeah 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 that kind of is the entertainment value of it is that you're watching like aliens do things that are just incredible to to witness
2: yeah it, to be honest that's never been my impression of baseball is that to me it's like like because there's always players that are, like, super fat or something like that once in a while and stuff. No, that's eat. the best part about it is that <laughs> they don't even look like it.
1: Like, they, they look like you. All right, so now I do have another baseball story, which is, you know, going back to the, the good old days of the White Sox with um, Mark Burley. Um, mm. One of A couple great. of his Blue Jays teammates from later in his career were talking about they saw him doing just, like, insane cardio and wearing, like, a girdle to keep his fat up. And, you know, asking him why he's doing all this, this cardio. And he turns to him and he says, have you ever seen how fast I work? Like the pace that I pitch at, I've got to have my heart rate up. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that makes sense. So
1: it's like, no, like they really are like a different, yeah, they, they have to be able to do things that like a normal person just does not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even like the guy that looks like, you know, Bartolo or, or, you know, just like a fan that they pulled out of the stands.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bartolo Colon does not make any sense. I don't understand how not only can he look like that and, and be a pitcher and like not not just like a, a relief pitcher, but I mean, I guess he became one. But, you know, he, he was known for like being able to go long like he he had huge numbers of innings every uh every season. And then he like went for so like he he was like an old guy that was still pitching. like I, I don't know how that works. Like what was going on with his body that that worked, that he could just be like this roly poly guy and then have like this iron horse stamina, you know?
1: Well, mm-hmm. it's the two things. It's like he's a different species, you know, from to begin with, because, of you know, just the innate athleticism and also the um, the intensive hours of work, but also the performance enhancing mm-hmm. drugs.
2: sure yeah 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 i guess so it's it's just boggles of mind i don't know yeah um cool so did you want to get into a little bit of uh the awful pundit stuff before we get into questions
1: yeah sure um this is the big thing to plug it's very important that everyone goes and subscribes on the patreon and cleans out the back shelf full of uh, big dave baseball cards every Big Dave baseball card comes to the $5 Patreon subscription but you only need to subscribe (laughs) at the $1 level to vote and that that will be Mm -hmm. important in a couple of weeks when the regular season starts and then the invitational that's the voting will all take place on the Patreon Um, but Mm -hmm. right now for the next couple of weeks on Twitter we are wrapping up the 2021 Awful Pundit Tournament Um, we are down to Barry Weiss Ben Shapiro Tucker Carlson and Dave Rubin Mm. Yeah. Now, <laughs> all my favorite guys. Yeah. Oh, you know, once again, it's Tucker and three Jews. Yeah. <laughs> and that so, be a
0: good movie or something. Or
1: Barry like Weiss has taken notice and pledged eighteen hundred dollars to the foundation against intolerance and racism. Um, in the event that she beats Ben Shapiro and makes it to the finals, and let me tell you a little bit about this foundation against intolerance and racism.
0: Again, two of my favorite things. Well,
1: (laughs) they are the creme de la creme of anti-wokeism and anti-racism, anti-conformists. Barry Weiss, pretty cool. Thomas Shatterton Williams, Andrew Sullivan. (laughs) That's right. Steven Pinker, Megan Kelly, all your favorites are here. They are ready to put oh, yeah. in the work against racism. That's right. Even <laughs> They even got the comedian who is behind Titanium McGrath involved. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and you can join them at fairforall.org.
0: Yeah, well, I know where I'm uh, giving my Zakat to this year.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. So what's their basic... You know, like, what? what's the catch here for them? Like, what's their... I mean, it like just seems they... like
1: a money laundering thing where Barry's giving herself $1,800 through her own <laughs> business. And mm-hmm. um, someone asked me to take down the poll, and, you know, so that she doesn't, you know, end up sending the $1,800 or whatever. I'm like, I don't care if she launders it. That's not a substantial amount of money enough for me to cancel the tournament. <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. Plus, like, yeah, she would probably... You know, she's gonna she's gonna do what she does. That's her prerogative kind of thing. So even just distracting her a bit is just like slowing her down. So that's good. I don't think she should have eighteen
1: thousand dollars. That's too much money for her to have. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. Oh eighteen hundred. Yeah, knock a zero off. If it was eighteen thousand I'd have to at least think about it.
0: That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, he takes this stuff really seriously. <laughs> eighteen thousand, I'd be like, Yeah, fuck this. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: No, that's yeah. She's giving herself her stimulus back through her own business. Great, great uh, philanthropy, Barry. We love to see it. Excellent shit.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, No, the thing that really has made this like stick in my mind ever since she said it is finding out that like Zed Jelani is a special advisor for this organization. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, what was that? You, You cut it for a second. Finding out that Zed Jelani is a special advisor in this oh, right. organization yeah. has really made it stick in sure. my craw. Because like I just go back mentally to the picture of him protesting um, in favor of Cato Institute.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dave Cato.
2: Sure. All right. So, who do you feel like is going to be take top spot? Do you have a, Do you have some guesses you know, for us of where every this is going? year
1: people think it's going to be Tucker, and it's never Tucker. It's uh, it's been Ben Shapiro twice. It's been Jennifer Rubin once. So there's a chance that Ben Shapiro comes back and wins his third championship. There's a chance that um, this is finally Tucker's year. Or maybe Barry actually takes the whole thing with her you know, stance against racism and, and also wokeness simultaneously.
0: I think mm-hmm. if, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really follow all this kind of like pundit hate kind of stuff. But just based on that story, I feel like that is a big push for Barry. I, that
1: seems like something that is really going to Kind of push her in the votes, I think so. Like, this really could be her year just because of her the way that she left the New York Times to mm-hmm. start a sub stack and uh, also this project.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also feel like Ben Shapiro, I haven't heard a whole lot from him the way I used to. Like, I feel like he's kind of
1: you know what? I actually would give Ben days. points in the good column for. Attaching himself to Run Hide Fight which sounded like it might be a solid movie.
0: Have you heard no, of I, Tom? Yeah. No, no, what is it? I, I
1: saw the trailer for it and it's like just like a normal B list action movie, but Thomas Jane is like making some cameos in there. I need to watch it at some point.
2: So it's a it's a school shooter movie. And uh, oh. <laughs> it, it's like uh, – it's it's done like as like a conservative thing of like a gun rights kind of thing. and uh, Oh, like he – the guy saves the school from girl, the shooter? Yeah, a girl okay. does I think in the movie, yeah. And, oh, yeah, uh, all right. So it's progressive. And then – so yeah, it's just uh, – <laughs> but I think that apparently I think it's like – I don't know. Chapo did a full review of it and they said it's actually like really competent for – like what it is I guess kind of thing you know like it's like an actual like you can watch it and it you know it's like you know it's not just like a totally whatever like it's not you know most most Mm -hmm. conservative movies are like garbage where it's like even if you even if you just wanted to watch it as like a thing to make fun of it would be intolerable this this was like more like it, it it had like the basic plot there at least and I think I think part of it was also that it was like pretty graphic and stuff. Like it was pretty pushing the limits um, for like a thing. And so this is their whole new thing is kind of moving into cultural production for trying to create like a gray area, like in between like the total psycho conservative stuff that's like about, you know, like uh, just about abortion and stuff like that or whatever. And then the total like – mainstream kind of stuff which is you know just not it's usually conservative stuff it's not funny or good or anything like that for that kind of stuff it's just mm-hmm. it's like tucker carlson or whatever so the other my other my connection to this is that uh, gina carano um from star wars whatever is uh she's joined up with now that she's fired from disney uh she oh yeah no she joined up with Shapiro. the production group yeah oh so yeah they're gonna, that rules they're gonna find some way of getting her involved in some sort of thing and she it's funny because uh you might remember this time from me complaining that her character's name was Cara Dune in a television <laughs> show <laughs> and uh and uh so anyway she's not she's not good at acting and uh, um they, you know this is a show where it's like you know obviously micromanaged Disney stuff where they everything is down to like a science and she still came across as like not good at acting in it and stuff so you know how many takes they do and all that kind of stuff and then Mm. she still would be like very very wooden and kind of i don't know so uh, i feel bad for her in some respects but like uh um yeah so we'll see where that goes yeah so i so i guess that's what ben Shapiro's is up to we know what barry's been up to i guess and then um Um, dave rubin you
1: know dave rubin has the awful pundit account blocked so i'm not sure if he's saying anything about the tournament right now from behind it but Um, I can only assume he's unhappy about being in the Fakakta four. And yeah, um, yeah, I guess my, my favorite Dave Rubin moment was with Ben Shapiro when Ben Shapiro is talking about how um, he would not go to Dave Rubin's gay wedding out of a conservative uh, stance (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to Dave Uh, Rubin's face. Look, we're friends, but I can't support that lifestyle.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I support your lifestyle. Just not that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. And then who was the fourth one again? It was. uh, So
1: it's Barry, Tucker, Ben, Dave. Oh, Tucker, right. And so every year is Tucker's year, and every year he he just blows it right at the end.
2: Yeah. One time I even put Michael
1: Tracy in his quarter as a ring manager, and he still couldn't pull it off.
2: (laughs) He's just too based. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I mean, he did have that. He actually did have some good journalism the other day, which was that Matt Gates thing where he
1: he was interviewing him and then he just... <laughs> yeah. The Matt Gates interview is, is, is top-notch journalism <laughs> from Tucker. Let's give him his, his props for um, calling it like it is the most bizarre interview he has ever conducted.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. that was pretty
3: funny.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, okay. Yeah. So is there any last thing you want to say about that before we just get into a few questions and then...
1: You know, it's it's really just look out for the regular season after this tournament is uh, wrapped up and we have our 2021 champion. Um, mm-hmm. You know who it's going to be. It's going to be one of those final Fakakta four. And um, any it could be anyone next year because the field is so wide open and there are, I believe, over 300 pundits to vote from. There's going to be 17 different polls um, dividing these groups up. The winner from each one will get a spot in the 2022 tournament. The runners-up will have an invitational bracket. And, um, yeah, if, if you're not voting, you're not seeing your favorites in that final tournament to decide the 2022 champion, so you don't have a right to complain about them not being there. Sure. All right. Okay. No, with uh, with the Barry audience coming in, we've got a lot of complaints. Where's Jennifer Rubin? Where's Don Lemon? Where's, you know... Um, Joy Reid, and it's like, well, Joy Reed got eliminated last round. You were just like a day late and a dollar short in getting her there.
3: Sure, mm. I'm,
1: I'm not excluding anyone. This is you know nonpartisan in that yeah. regard. There's you know if if you want to see a socialist in the twenty twenty two tournament, you can see a socialist in the 22, 2022 tournament, but but it will be Nathan J Robinson.
0: it would be kind of interesting to kind of mix it up a little bit it seems like it's always like conservative or or what you know it's always that same sort of type of person
1: yeah and i i want to stay away from that i want to mix it up and if someone's really out of line you've got to you know bring the hammer down on them and let them know they've been fucking up and they've got to be in the tournament
3: Mm -hmm. sure yeah
0: All right. So to start off with the questions, I thought we could go with this one. It's about Chicago. So it says, Tom, how do you feel about Chicago nativism? I'm curious to know if anyone has given you shit for being a transplant. I was born and raised here and I'm curious how transplants react to it if they've experienced it. Uh, I can't say that I've ever experienced anyone giving me shit about it. Uh, People are sometimes surprised that I moved from Seattle to Chicago because usually it's the other way around. People want to escape Chicago weather to go to like the Pacific Northwest where it's nicer and greener and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no one's like giving me shit about like being a transplant. I I don't know. I I didn't even know this was a thing to be honest. This
1: is not something I've ever experienced or heard of. Okay. I don't know.
0: So yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about it.
1: It's like, Oh, this person's from a different place. Cool. Whatever. Tell me about it. Like, I've right. never seen any negative reaction to that.
2: <laughs> is there any like snobbery around Chicago being better than the other cities in your region, or something like that, or is there like a hierarchy where people are like, "That guy's from Milwaukee" or something? Or
1: well, Lupe Fiasco did say we are the best city in the Midwest and the best city in the whole wide world, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna you know take that as gospel. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I, I feel like I've probably been around some very subtle kind of things like that but it's not like something that people talk about that i've encountered really yeah. people just don't go on about how great chicago is or whatever okay people talk about how they like it but you know what not the like all-time the great one of
1: those is is the joe Akeem noah rant after they got beat by lebron james in cleveland about how cleveland's just an awful place to go no one talks about how let's go to vacation in cleveland <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah does chicago hate new york is that like because i know boston does but like is that like a is that like a thing where people are like oh new yorkers ooh.
1: um that's something that i have personally <laughs> sure
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah same here so
0: it's kind of like if someone expresses that thought i just think of them as like a rational reasonable person i don't really think of it as like oh this is like a chicago thing yeah
1: well, I think everyone I, hates if, New York outside of
0: New York. You know, if you have sure, not yeah.
1: had beer thrown at you at uh, Comiskey by a Yankees fan, you have not lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um well I'm I mean I'm looking forward to getting back there sometime in the next year, hopefully when uh if if we survive COVID in Canada and stuff. So uh you know, we'll see. Uh I don't know. I, I really enjoy going there. So um yeah. So Yeah, maybe, maybe the three of us can catch a game or something. Yeah, that'd be nice
0: all right uh so here's a question for you don what does don think the next phase after the age of mods is i was thinking it would be something like troll purge or tattletale era (laughs)
2: Um, i don't know i feel like uh there's gonna be i don't know like maybe some sort of unifying event like a big war or something or like big you know i mean i guess the pandemic was a unifying event to some extent but not really but like uh I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's going to be something where like, we just talk about one thing the whole time. And, uh, I don't know. I, that's one of my things that like, I, I kind of have like this thing about is that, uh, right now everyone tries to take sides on everything, like, and find ways to be, you know, like, uh, diverge from the dominant opinion on different things in a lot of ways, like, uh, in their own way. Like, even if they have a little like hive minds and stuff and, uh, I don't know. I feel like we're we're headed towards some sort of strange future where like, uh, um, I don't know, it's just like uh, dominated by sort of like uh, big things that people talk about all the time or something like that. So instead of just like these one-off events or something. So I don't know. That's mm-hmm. my random prediction. You think it'll be something really bad, like a world war or something like that? I I think it'll probably be something bad, yeah. I don't know. That's I feel like the age of mods is like uh, it's not the bad thing in itself. It's like presaging some thing like them cracking down on the Internet more or something like that or whatever. So mm-hmm. like making it like jailing people for criticizing police or something like that kind of stuff. Like an age of mods becoming something like it's like a it's a it's
1: a foreshadowing. So I think something yeah. to consider on the horizon, maybe 10, 15 years from now, however long it is, you're going to have a generation of children who grew up, like, with YouTube and Twitch streams. So, yeah. like, some of their first words are, like, like and subscribe and bullshit. And it's just, like, really <laughs> like, insane to think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that concerns me. How do you handle that with uh, with your little guy?
1: Um, I mean, he definitely has like a personality sometimes like he's trying to do like a live stream about his life <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. like come on yeah. man <laughs> <laughs> actually no he says that too he literally says come on man like he's little joe biden <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's cute
1: he's adorable
0: you should just downvote him when he uh <laughs> there you <he> go <goes. laughs> thumbs down <laughs> unsubscribe that's a you great idea that
1: next time he starts pitching a fit you know give him the thumbs down tell him we're unsubscribing
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's weird i don't know i feel like it's one of those things that is uh kind of horrifying to witness this like the the whole like youtube tiktok add kind of thing going on with with little kids but it, it's it's You know, we kind of did this with uh, the Internet and all that kind of stuff to some extent, too. And the the generation before us kind of reacted the same way. And yeah, yeah, I feel like it looks generally
1: try and do the parental lock and guide them towards like Disney stuff and cartoons and whatnot. Instead of like all the insane bullshit that's on the Internet, that's like really, really easy to get into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like the YouTube for kids stuff, I guess, has a lot of creepy stuff on there. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, it's, it, you're a few degrees of separation from getting, like, insane clown laughter out of your kid.
2: Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but
0: I, I don't know, I the the point I was going to make was just that I think we also, like, don't give young people enough credit in their ability to, like, negotiate this kind of stuff and, like, to figure it out for themselves. Like, yeah, there's going to be some part of the population that just goes along with it and you want to... Be careful with that. But on the other hand, there's also like smart kids who kind of figure it out and then they end up kind of like, you know, they, t- they tend to be the, the ones that like form new kind of ways of navigating that sort of thing and people kind of follow along. So that's how you get like, you know, you,
2: you get this bad stuff that happens and then people learn how to deal with it and still be human, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you kind of pointed it towards this, but like imagine the last few generations at least. In the West, whatever, like which one would you say turned out great kind of thing or something like that? Oh, exactly. No, I mean,
1: each one's its own, you know, unique uh, way of fucking up.
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: not like we were, uh, yeah, we didn't lose a whole lot. (laughs) It's (laughs) kind of been sideways moves, I think.
1: Yeah. Or, Or it's either lateral move or gradual decline and we'll have to figure it out at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah, debatable. Yeah.
0: Um, Alright, so someone says, you say you can't win, does that mean you have lost the game? Um, no. So th- You just keep right. playing. Sure. Until you yeah. die. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, the thing I always say is like, you can't win, but you cannot lose. As long as you avoid losing, you're doing the thing. You can't actually win, but you can avoid losing. Yeah. So, until the end, when you lose. Eventually. well we' call that losing okay? <laughs>
2: sure yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that is just the the uh that's reaching the destination it's a very <laughs> <kind of> neutral <laughs> i would put a neutral value on that sure um did you guys watch the q documentary on HBO? what did you think of it if you did I haven't watched this I, I don't have hBO so I haven't had a chance to watch this yet have you yeah. guys
1: watched this no no, I have not. I haven't even gotten to run Hide Fide yet.
2: <laughs> How about you, Don? No, I don't know. I don't know much about Q stuff really. But yeah. Okay. You
1: All know right. what I'm looking forward to watching is the new episode of the Blacklist that came out last night. That's that's our favorite show here. Um, especially every time they talk about foreign policy or Israel, it's the funniest shit. I love it. They had um
0: What is that show? I don't know what that is. It's on
1: NBC and it's mm-hmm. got um James Spader as um, this uh, FBI's most wanted turned informant, who's you know basically running a task force and helping them capture people on his list of uh, international criminals, and okay. now they're in like season. They're, they're like uh, several seasons into this show now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think my favorite storylines have involved like this agent who is um, a double agent for the FBI and Mossad. And towards like <clears throat> the end of their character arc, they get like brain damage and get burned by Mossad, and have you know the yeah they they are you know going to be executed by the Mossad so they don't divulge any state secrets.
0: That's pretty cool. But that, that's, that's
1: yeah. That's definitely my favorite one because you know I just imagine uh, one of the characters going like they can't do that. That's ableist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just imagining like a, you know, brain damaged Jeffrey Epstein or something. That was kind of amusing to think about. Um,
2: Um, I actually, I started watching Justified for the first time. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. I don't know. I hadn't seen, uh, I mean, I just watched uh, Deadwood, whatever. So I had my like Timothy Oliphant, whatever, uh, introduction. And now he's, you know, the Marshall, whatever, in... uh, justified it's pretty fun yeah walter goggins and all that too so
0: cool yeah we just finished watching uh season three of ozark so we like binge watched through the whole whole show Mm -hmm. and uh it's fine it's you you have to be in the right like state of mind for it it's like just bad people doing bad things justifying their badness constantly but uh it's somewhat entertaining i don't know it's a well plotted show so i just kind of enjoy anything that kind of moves through the plot in an intelligent way uh at a decent pace (laughs) yeah that that always kind of does it for me
1: well i think my favorite part about the blacklist that kind of you know the whole q documentary made me think of it it was the early seasons involved um all of the you know bad guys on the blacklist you know the international criminals were involved in something called the quote unquote cabal and, it's
3: like, <laughs> and this yeah. is a
1: conspiracy that goes away all the way to the top to the attorney general
3: mhm and it's wow. like
1: or yeah so you're you're watching the show and you're like okay this like presages qAnon pretty much like it it just mm-hmm. nails it there's like an entire deep state apparatus and it's real and um it's it's you know controlling americans in ways we don't even understand and like i'm pretty sure this was all happening in you know i guess it was 2013 wow it feels like it was yeah it's been on the air for longer but no it's that's definitely predating the whole donald trump q anon stuff mm-hmm. and 2013
0: yeah. doesn't sound like such a long time ago but it feels like forever ago when you think about what was going on in 2013 you know mm-hmm. yeah
1: it was yeah 2014 through you know 2019 that you had the double agent character for for Mossad and all their shenanigans and hijinks like i think they turned out they had like a brother who was part of like a stand-in for al-qaeda or, or hezbollah or something just just like an incredible show if you get a chance to watch it it's what's the like the (laughs)
0: the tone of it is it like 24 kind of a thing or
1: um you know i haven't seen 24
0: um i haven't either to be honest but i just kind of get an impression that you know what i mean like is it sort of like a gritty it's definitely gritty
1: and it's it's hard to describe it's you know if you watch it with a sense of humor it's it's very very good
0: all right, maybe I'll I'll catch that. It sounds kind of fun. Like
1: it seems quasi realistic, you know? They're talking about taking people to a black site and disappearing them and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's what the FBI actually does.
0: Right. I mean, the stuff you're describing, it sounds a little bit more closer to reality than some of these movies and shows, are, you know, typically are. they sometimes they're just completely like, why are you even using the real world as a reference point? Because it just
1: doesn't. No, make I mean, any sense. and sometimes it definitely is being very saccharine, and you're like there's no way this is what the FBI is actually like. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. other types are like, no, like this is, yeah, this seems about realistic. Like that they're talking about people will never make it, you know, alive out of that plane. If you know um, you let this agent on or whatever, Hmm. but then, you know, definitely it's going into like weird cold war stuff now, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. russia hacks i guess
1: it you know it always has been or whatever it's they're saying the show has always been about you know america's war the cold war never really ended and there's been a secret intelligence operation ongoing for you know decades or something
0: yeah it sounds like it's veering pretty close to like judeo-bolshevist conspiracy theory to be honest like there's a deep state and the cold war never ended yeah no you have like,
1: to watch it with that mindset and just be like wow this is going there this is hilarious
0: all right cool um anyway so let's let's move on to the next question here um this one says what would happen to the podcast if the rapture happened tomorrow who would tom replace don with is is the rapture a uh is that like a pan Christian belief or like the, or well, I've I mean, I'm Jewish,
1: of, so I'm definitely not getting raptured. So I'll volunteer. <laughs> sure.
0: Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We can just turn into a baseball podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I always like associate it with like evangelicals or at least yeah. like the idea of like people just like disappearing from the planet. Yeah. Like that's, all in a blink of an eye.
2: That's a modern evangelical kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, the idea that, I mean, in in Revelation, it says, like, things sort of like this, I think, that, like, it it says certain things, but, like, I don't know, it's just, it has, like, a bunch of mysterious cryptic kind of things about what's supposed to happen in the end times, but the idea that, like, it's in your lifetime now, and that you have to get prepared for it, and that you're going to be one of the ones that's either taken away, uh, or, I mean, it, it comes from... It like the the popularity. I think a lot of it comes from a, a book. I can't remember what it's called. It's like they made it into like um, two movies. They made one with think think Nick Nick Cage was in one of them maybe. Nice. Um, and uh, it's like oh, Left Behind. That's what it is. It's like a book series. Oh, I, yeah, to, yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with that. Yeah, and then yeah, so Left Behind. I think is it's one of those things where it's like a cultural thing that came from. Uh, yeah, a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, That was one thing that kind of struck me when I went to South Carolina um, once. Uh, I was looking around at the bookstores, and they had, like, a huge section for uh, Christian novels, like, just Mm -hmm. explicitly Christian novels. And
0: When I I was in Florida, that was, like, just in people's houses. Like, their bookcases, it was, like, a lot of that stuff. Like, that was just very common. It wasn't, you know, it was just a, that's what people buy for books. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah a lot of those books are pretty violent or stuff like that, too. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't it's not necessarily like, you know, it's not like Ned Flanders stuff. A lot of it. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Badass Christian literature. Yeah. Um, OK, so, yeah, just to answer the question, I, I, I like the idea. Like you mentioned you're Jewish, Lex. I think if I just got all my Jewish friends on here and it would be like, let's teach Tom about Judaism and Jewish <laughs> culture and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just ask, you know, like, completely. We can teach
1: you how to pick up a dime after turning on it, you know, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> right, I would just ask, like, how do you guys hide your horns and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> just be, you know, I, that that would be a fun turn for the podcast.
1: You know, what was your best time in the running of the Jew? Right. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. These are all the things that I want, would want to do that Don holds me back from, so I figured, like, just, let's <laughs> sure. go for it. Yeah. Uh, Finnish independence was a mistake. Your people belong under the heel of the Swede. Why do you fight the natural order? All right. Well, Andy's submitting some questions, obviously. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hmm. Scandinavia is just one country to me. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah, but then the thing comes up of like, well, what constitutes Scandinavia? Because Finland is sort of like, not really part of scandinavia it really depends on what the context of of what you're talking about is like geographically you, people tend to associate finland with scandinavia but then there's like this cultural sensibility that like pushes finland off to the side i i don't have a stake in it i don't really
1: you know I, yeah no very, i'm like, sorry uh, to the finnish people but i'm erasing your culture this is the sound of me erasing <laughs> your culture mm-hmm. yeah what is Finnish cold? Is it like herring or something?
0: Um, herring is a thing, I guess. Um, it's a lot of, like saunas, saunas, you know, steam rooms.
1: Um, I mean, that's a they have thing. those in, in Sweden and, and Denmark and shit?
0: Yeah, I, they do. And they have them in Russia as well. But it's just like uh, practically everyone has one. In I mean, not if you're like in the city in an apartment or whatever. But like if if you're out in the country, it's very common. Just like every, every house has like a sauna on it. And it's a, it's kind of a big part of traditional culture, um, so that's a thing. Um, all your typical like rural kind of stuff, woodsy kind of stuff. Uh, drinking is a big thing.
1: I mean, which is unfortunate. I I just think they need to change the name if the people don't have fins there. <laughs> I'm not really sure
0: where that. A word comes from like where the word fin or in finnish and finland and all that kind of stuff comes from because it's not it doesn't sound like what finns call themselves like the the finnish word for finland is suomi which just means like swampland so
1: i'm just saying i'm sure a lot of people have gone there and been very disappointed to not be in a country full of aquamen
0: right (laughs) yeah i wonder if it was like a greenland thing like a intentional you know misleading kind of a thing like they named greenland greenland to kind of convince people that it was like this green lush place and iceland was iceland to like convince people that it was like a frozen you know wasteland or whatever i wonder if the same same thing happened with finland trying to keep people away from atlantis
1: exactly exactly All right, what do
0: you guys think of Salman Rushdie? I know he's invited controversy, but I really like his books. I've not actually read any of his books. Have you guys read any of his books? No. No. Nope. Yeah, the like the excerpts and stuff that I've read of his have not struck me as very good writing. It's, it seemed pretty corny and like overwrought and stuff. So I just wasn't really impressed. And the whole like edgelord like i'm gonna say the stuff you're not supposed to say about muhammad and all that kind of stuff is i don't know it's pretty cringy I, I don't really see what i would get out of it but if you like his books uh convince me otherwise tell me what's good about him maybe i'll read them i'm not against it like i i can appreciate you know something being transgressive or whatever even if it's against my religion i'm, I'm not like necessarily gonna go hack his head his head off with an accent not necessarily like he may deserve it i have to read the book first to decide but
3: Mm -hmm.
0: isn't he like a kind of a like a neocon kind of like he has like pretty shitty politics and stuff too oh i have no idea no
3: i
1: i i mean the thing i remember about him was that he signed the harper's letter like so many people in the awful pundit tournament and someone was like you know what do you, any of the signatories know about censorship and it's like well Rushdie had the fatwa declared on him and it's like so so he might know a little bit about it but also you know maybe that's the only reason he's famous and if it hadn't happened we wouldn't talk about his bullshit uh literature as much
0: i just looked him up on wikipedia and there's a picture of him with bernie sanders in 2004 but Ooh. apparently he supported the bombing of Yugoslavia supported the war in afghanistan uh, but was critical of the war in iraq
1: interesting but he
0: he did say there (laughs) was a a case to be made for the removal of saddam hussein but unilateral military intervention was unjustifiable
1: yeah well and he was
0: married to padma lakshmi
1: for three years how did he pull that one off
3: yeah
0: yeah i mean uh, it's weird how how much that kind of tips the scale in terms of my respect for him it's kind of like all right you see donald trump wasn't wrong all you need is a
1: hot piece of ass by your side (laughs) trump (laughs) is right about everything (laughs) when
0: you guys were like talking about what he said about baseball i was thinking like that's what i think now that's correct (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: good he has a lot of correct opinions you know the underlying idea of the Republicans taking away the antitrust exemption, like I said, is like, that would be a great idea. The problem is that they're not actually going to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, if we keep calling them, maybe, you know, that's what, that's our, our takeaway for listeners is get out there, you know, uh, talk to your members of Congress and stuff, get them to support Trump on this matter, you know?
1: And, um, so. you know, while you're at it, mention that they should support increasing uh, minimum wage for minor leaguers to a livable wage. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. It's it's really okay. crazy how that one always goes by the wayside, but like there's just an entire roster of like yeah, 18 to 27 28-year-old men who are like getting paid less than minimum wage to do what what is a normal job, like they're working they're grinding like anyone else, whether they're you know, doing manual labor or working an office job and they're not making enough to like pay rent or, or like afford their own food. And it's like what sure. what the fuck's going on here?
0: Yeah. Cool. How else are they gonna be motivated to get into the major leagues? There's no other incentive to get into the leagues. Exactly. Major
1: league. There is no other reason to want to work hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I don't know, makes sense to me, but I'm not a money guy. I don't know about this stuff.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, Lex. That was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it was fun hearing about all this baseball craziness that's going on.
1: Absolutely. Um, now I'm looking forward to the season. Now you know we're one game under 500, but there's over 100 games left to play, and you know Eloy Jimenez is looking down on us from heaven every day, and he's going to um, usher us into the playoffs for a second year in a row. And uh, everyone go check out Awful Pundits (laughs) on Patreon. Sure.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks. And uh,
0: yeah. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, guys, and you'd like a second one every week, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and you'll get that, as well as access to our Discord, where you can chat with us in our lovely community. And if you want to send us uh, anonymous questions, you can do that by going to our Twitter account, which is at YouCan'tWinPod, and you'll find a link to a Curious Cat pin there, and that's where you send the questions. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye.